And when it comes to money, he's expecting us to to show up and to be good stewards. And what it what it means to be a steward is it means to take what you've received from um, you know, from the master or the leader or the the person in charge, and you are to to steward it well, take care of it well, and give it back with increase. And so God is looking uh, to us to receive the resources that He's providing, to be grateful for them, and to 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 be wise and virtuous with them. Hey there, Mama. This is True Presence, the podcast where Catholic moms like you and me learn to be embodied souls. St. Catherine of Siena said, Be who you were meant to be, and you will set the world on fire. In the midst of hurry, worry, and social media, we're doing a 180 and focusing on real presence, communion, connection, natural living, and bringing eternity into our hearts and homes. I'm your host, Kelsey, and I'm so glad you're here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to True Presence for Catholic Moms, the show where Catholic moms learn to design their days on purpose. We're continuing our New Year's series today on making room for our goals. Last episode, we talked about making room in our homes, and today we're talking about making room in our budget with a special guest, Amanda Texera of WalletWin, which offers budgeting and financial education for Catholics specifically which I thought was so refreshing because they have such a great handle on church teaching about everything to do with money that you really can't get anywhere else. And I think it's such an important conversation to listen to here at the beginning of the year because so often we, as Catholics, have a lot of confusion about the kind of relationship we should have with money and how to use it appropriately, how to think about it. And I think you'll find this conversation extremely helpful as you set your budget goals for the year because money is, as we discuss in this interview, a tool. God gives us to steward for our missions. And we want to do that well, to not be afraid of it or worried about it or anxious about whether we'll have enough, but to build a healthy relationship with money and keep focused on the bigger picture of what God is calling us to do. No conversation around setting and hitting our goals is complete without talking about stewarding our finances. So I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Hello, friends. As we're approaching Lent, I just wanted to announce that we're doing the True Presence Challenge again this year. And this is a challenge for Catholic moms who want to get really intentional about their phone use and social media for Lent. I'd love to encourage you to join us. You can pre-register at truepresence.life slash challenge and come on in. Thanks so much for joining us here today. I wanted to start with just a question about your thoughts on how, as Catholics, we can handle our thoughts around the inflation that's just been so crazy. Because I know a lot of our listeners have been struggling with at the grocery store, just trying to stay in their budget. And what are some of the things that you try to keep in mind when you're looking at like current circumstances and the stress related to that? Wow, this is this is a big first question to ask, Kelsey. Um, yes. <laughs> so no, it's good. It's good. Um, there's kind of two approaches here that I typically take. Um, you know, as Catholics, we're kind of both and, and so we don't. You know, I don't want to neglect the spiritual, and I don't want to neglect kind of just the human and the practical. So you know, from a spiritual perspective, if you will. Um, we know that God is using all things for the good of those who love him. God's providence is always at work. 
And our circumstances don't define or limit that. And so no matter what is going on in our world, no matter what's going on in our economy, no matter what's going on with our job, no matter what's going on with our income, he's always working for our good. He always has our good. And we we will never be left alone or um, left forsaken. And I think that that sometimes that fear can get deep-seated inside of even faithful Catholics, you know, you go to Mass on Sunday, you you have a prayer life, but then there's something inside of us. And of course, the enemy um, will like to feed us lies, the father of lies, that we're somehow abandoned, or he's not going to come through for us, or we should be scared right now, or we should be freaking out, or we should be worried, or we should whatever, you know, whatever the scarcity um panic that the culture is being tempted towards, I see some Catholics being tempted towards as well. Um, And so we always want to be on guard against that. And the father of lies sitting, sitting there wanting to whisper and lull to us that we are orphaned and that we've been abandoned and that we need to kind of take charge of our own lives and, you know, be self-sufficient and figure our way out of this thing. That's not how we are as as children of the Father. We we are dependent on Him, and we um, we have each other's backs, and we can trust no matter what. Even if you know the the storm was um, very active, and the the disciples thought the boat was going to tip over, but Jesus was asleep, and you know all it took was Him waking up and just silencing it, and then everything was fine. And so, so I think that as Catholics, sometimes we have to even just do reflections like that for our own selves with whatever circumstances happening in our life, particularly in the last couple of years for many, it's been some sort of a financial trigger or a stressful event that's come up or a job loss or this looming economy that we can't seem to figure out what it's going to do. And it kind of just putters on and nobody can read the future. Um, there's that that storm around us. And so we can just tuck ourselves in right next to Jesus, knowing that he's going to take care of us and that that's never going to change. And even if there's something that happens that's un- not desirable to us, somehow he's going to use it for our growth or our good. And so that that's kind of the underlying presumption that I want to leave people with, because I, I do think that right there puts so many people at peace at a spiritual level. And so once we kind of have our minds in the right spot, if you will, like we're seeing things from a lens of truth um, and and that God's providence is always going to be there for us. It's always going to have our, our backs. Well, now we can turn to the other side, the practical, the, you know, the both and. So God doesn't want us to just sit there and do nothing. He wants us to have that trustful posture um, that radical abandonment to him, but then he expects us to participate in the working out of our salvation. Um, and when it comes to money, he's expecting us to to show up and to be good stewards. And what it what it means to be a steward is it means to take what you've received from, um, you know, from the master or the leader or the the person in charge, and you are to to steward it well, take care of it well, and give it back with increase. And so God is looking. Uh, to us to receive the resources that he's providing, to be grateful for them and to 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 be wise and virtuous with them. And so when it comes to our money, you know, over the last couple of years, um, the most practical way any of us could v- practice virtue with our money is through the skill of budgeting. And 
yeah, I don't want to just go on a tirade here, but budgeting is probably the number one skill that most people need to have in their back pockets. Um, and if that's not something you have learned yet, you got to do it and you got to do it every single month because no month is going to be the same. Yeah. So that's something I'm, I am sorry about the, uh, you know, heavy first question, but I actually, it, it's one of those things where I think that until we really start to get past the fear of that, we can't go deeper into this conversation. I want to go a little bit deeper with you too, because you've been talking about like budgeting and stewardship. And one word that just stuck out to me was you're talking about a scarcity mindset. And I'd love if you could go a little bit into that. Mm. I would love to. And reason being is because we we do live in a culture where term terminology and words um, have been hijacked. And I would say the word scarcity, the word abundance, um, the word even wealth, they have been hijacked by the law of attraction movement. Um, <laughs> and they don't mean what we mean as Catholics when we say these terms. And I have watched so much confusion happen for people thinking that um, a scarcity mindset, you know, in, as far as law of attraction goes, means um, you're just like a poor person who just like doesn't like quality stuff or, you know, something like so vapid and shallow. <laughs> and um, that if you have an abundance mindset, it means you're attracted to luxury and that you have a lot of money. And it's like these these definitions are just not Catholic definitions. No, um, they're not. And I think um, <laughs> one thing I've just always noticed is that Satan is, you know, highly unoriginal. He <laughs> likes to take things and corrupt them, not come up with new ideas. Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. I think that that actually, um, I forget what saint, but I think it's been like dissected that he actually can't, he doesn't have creative ability um, because he, he was created by the only creator. Um, so you're right. All he can do is steal, kill and destroy and, and warp. And really it's all just the same old garden of Eden stuff represented in modern day. That's really what, what, the battle is for most of us. And so for, for as Catholics, when we think about the word scarcity, it's this, um, really what it is, is this mentality that it's, it's even the garden. It's I'm getting held out on. I need to protect myself. You know, others are going to take from me. I need to secure something on my own. That is scarcity mi mindset. And it drives us to sin. Or at least it tempts us to, to want to, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and not run to our father or be dependent. And as Catholics, this abundance mindset is like St. Paul said in, in the scriptures of, um, you know, if he, if our father would not, oh my goodness, my brain's going to, going to mix it all up. But if the father wouldn't even hold back his own son, what else is going to, what, why would he not give us everything else we need? Um, or we we hear in other places in the in the New Testament just that um, we have everything in Christ Jesus. Literally everything we have access to everything and all things. And this abundance mindset that I want Catholics to embrace is that you know what? There's always going to be enough money for the things that God calls me to. There's always going to be enough time for the things that God's asking me to prioritize. There's always going to be enough energy 
to be able to carry out the vocation that God has for me. Just that mindset of he's always going to give me the grace to say yes to his will and to make me holy. That will ne- that's always true. It'll never be untrue. And that is the I I guess the the Holy Spirit power that I want people to step into because when we live out of that abundance, we're just constantly tapped in. It's like we've got a, you know, a an IV, we're totally linked into the spirit and then we are actively receiving an abundance of graces all the time, spiritual but then also temporal. When we're that connected to our Lord, he can provide for us in ways that we might not have seen coming even practically, you know, sometimes even financially, um, just by the the very act of us trusting him and knowing that we're going to be faithful and we're going to put ourselves out there and trust him for our needs. And then he, he will show up and do that. And I have seen that personally in my own life. I've watched it for, you know, many of the students that we've had the privilege of working with over the years. Um, it's not some like, Law of attraction, I I put a million-dollar bill on a vision board and then a million dollars flowed to me. I didn't say a mantra of money is easy and fun like or whatever these, right, these things right. <laughs> people encourage you to do. And sometimes even Catholic coaches I see like falling into this and I'm like, it's just really, really, really delicate. Like it's delicate of like we're kind of on a razor blade here and you could either tip towards – you know, grace and the safe bounds of the church, or you could kind of fall to the other side. And so we always have to be really, really discerning there of kind of what's underneath um, whatever personal development or mindset work we're doing. Yeah. One of the things I really liked that you said was you were pointing out how he's, our Lord is going to provide for us for basically for our mission, right? It's not just this for whatever we want, not necessarily, you know, like you're saying, like the vision boards where we just set a plan for the future and go with it. No, what he wants is for us to become saints and for us to be a part of other people's sainthood journey and to love them too. And he does provide abundantly for that. Mm-hmm. And, but one other thing too, just like at the same time, you know, we want to trust completely in God for that, but we also know that we have a part to play. And where do you see our role in this versus, you know, I think, you know, sometimes it can be um, where we are worried about our car breaking down or something. So we just pray and pray and pray that our car is not going to break down. But meanwhile, we aren't changing the oil on our car. (laughs) And so we know that there are certain things that we should just as good stewards, as you say, be doing. So what is that role? What is that human role in here? Yes. Oh, such a good question. Um, So going to the car analogy, yes, changing the oil, but then also putting some money aside for when that inevitable maintenance does come. You know, it's kind of, there's a couple pronged approach there. So I mentioned earlier the budgeting. Um, You know, again, it's the number one way to just kind of get a feel for what's going on with your money. There should never be a dollar that comes through a good steward's hands that they don't sit down and consider what the Lord might be asking them to prioritize. If someone, if if you're a Catholic and you're not doing that, that's a, probably the first thing you need to start doing right now. Um, and we we encourage people to host budget parties, so make it fun, pour a drink, have a snack, say a prayer. Much like you know, couples that are using natural family planning, and you know, every you know month or season, they're kind of relooking at you know how is God asking us to use this gift of our fertility. You're doing the same thing with the finances being entrusted to you, and so 
every single month you're going to sit down and figure out, you know, what is he calling us to? And that's going to change, you know, throughout the different seasons um, of your of your married life. And um, and that's okay. But then every single month you're doing that same skill. And then there's a few other things that I think, um, you know, if you really want to kind of increase your stewardship skills, if you will, um, that kind of help the budget go a little farther. So for those who have kind of felt this um, pressure over the last couple of years, um, you know, inflation, it just seemed like the, the same dollar didn't go as far as it used to. And that's starting to to get slightly better for a lot of people, but it's still there. It's still present for a lot of families. And so one of the things that the Texera family even doubled down on the last couple of years was this phrase that my grandmother used to say, um, and it was, use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. Have you heard that phrase? I have. I usually hear it in like these homesteading groups and stuff <laughs> that I like to participate in on Facebook. <laughs> nice. Okay. It's a good and useful mindset to have. You know, we used to be uh, such a zero waste kind of culture. Like there's a reason like pollution is out of control when it comes to things like trash piling up. There used to always be a way to repurpose things. And when we think about how much we just discard, and I'm not saying that there isn't a time and a place to do that because obviously it's really hard to get away from throwaway culture. I know Mm -hmm. like I wanted to um, get my, my washing machine broke. And it cost more to buy Uh, the replacement mm. part and to, (laughs) you know, get it fixed than it would to just buy a new exactly identical washing machine is the one I had. So it is really hard to find that balance there, but it is still such a good mentality to have. Like, you know, for one thing, like I can think of is like, there's almost no reason to buy washcloths. When you think about all the clothes and things that end up with holes in them, they can just be turned into something like that. And it really is in a way so fun to find ways to repurpose things. Yes. Oh, I love that you're in homesteading groups and I love that you have heard that phrase. Um, I didn't know if it was kind of just like a Nebraska, you know, salt of the earth Midwest kind of a thing. Um, But kind of rediscovering ways to do that because it's going to help the dollars coming into your family go farther. It's automatically going to help. If you don't have to go out and, you know, buy the washcloths. Uh, I even, I'll admit, I tried to get my husband to do cloth toilet paper at one point and (laughs) he vetoed that. (laughs) Right. Everyone has their line. (laughs) I did cloth wipes though for the babies. Um, (laughs) but he, he vetoed that and I understand. Um, but this idea of, you know, something sort of kind of broke. So I'm just going to pick up my phone, go to Amazon and boom, it's at my doorstep the next day. Like challenge that mentality. Um, And you're right, the pollution, you know, we just, I don't agree with everything that's out there in every nature documentary, but, you know, I took my kids to see something recently and they, they showed the plastic in the ocean. It's, it's scandalous. It really is. Um, It's like, what, why, wait. And then they lied to us about plastic saying it was recyclable and actually it isn't now. Um, and just like, ah, we, you know, they used to use glass and recycle them. And we we're telling our kids like used to take your Coke bottle and like put it back in or the milk bottle and return it to the store and, and just how different things are. And we can't always get away from all of that, but challenge ourselves to think about the ways that we could 
kind of break up with that, you know, fast fashion or the throwaway culture. You know, maybe maybe you're going to be sending your kids um if you're sending them to to school um and they need some extra clothes or or whatever, you're just looking for the next season of clothes, maybe you're not going to go to the store and just buy a bunch of brand new things. Maybe you're going to go to a kids consignment sale. Um, and you're going to go to a thrift store to, to buy, to look for or gently use something for your kitchen. You know, the toaster broke. Why would you just go pay more than you need to when there's probably a bunch of them for $5 at the thrift store and it's going to perfectly meet your needs. So just kind of coming up with maybe creative alternatives. I'm not saying that you're going to X everything out of your life. I don't want anybody to go down to some bare bones, scorched earth deprivation mode where you know you're limping along and you're not actually taking care of your your family the way that God's charged you to. That's not what I'm advocating for. But just being a smarter consumer and stopping those maybe impulses and the knee jerk reactions to just go spend money or to replace something and just throw away, etc. Look for those clever and creative ways to make what you have go a little bit further. You know, vacuums. Oh, my goodness. This is one of the ones that is a pet peeve for me. We see vacuums next to the garbage can in our neighborhood regularly. And (laughs) I'll admit it. The Texeras have have taken them from the curb because they're throwing them away. We bring them home and maybe one out of ten well, actually, you know, there was electrical problem and it doesn't work. Nine out of 10, they just didn't clean it. Like, so (laughs) we end up taking it and cleaning it and we've either, you know, kept it and used it or we've resold it, you know, at a a kid's consignment sale or a a consignment sale that we participate in. Um, So... That's a fun little hobby that my husband and I have. Oh, we always have yeah. f- like flipping items. <laughs> we compete with each other to see who can flip items for more profit. So that's just a fun thing we do. But it just goes to show that by that, <laughs> yes, people we've lost the skill of knowing how to maintenance basic household things. Um, and so again, like the phrase of my grandmother, you know, if something broke back when she was, you know had eight kids in a in a 1000 square foot home and you know made, had to make everything every every penny had to scream you know her first instinct wasn't to just run out and put more pressure on the family by spending money it was to figure out a creative solution around this am i going to tape it am i going to open it up and maybe solder some wires back what am I going to do? And may, if I can't, well, then we'll talk about something else. But what kind of creative solution can I come up with that's going to help my family maintain this item, but then also not put us in a financial pickle? So between budgeting and then kind of embracing that alternative mindset, um, I think is really, really helpful, especially for families who um, are feeling that pinch. I think that even if you're not feeling the pinch, it's just that's just part of good stewardship is just not being wasteful in, you know, our habits, our attitudes, and our mindset. So that would be a good thing. Um, and then something else that I would just practically say um, would be, you know, we're all going to be called to do different things with money. Um, it's not always going to look the same. And, you know, sometimes with other um, Christian finance gurus, et cetera, they kind of lay out one particular path and kind of that that's what everybody's called to. And now in the Catholic world, it's just not. We have had 
you know, saints that are kings and queens and had vast amounts of wealth under their care. We've had saints that came from wealthy families that renounced it and became religious and they took vows to poverty. And then we've kind of had a lot of the in-between where they were asked to kind of be in the world, but not of the world and managing, you know, a more moderate amount of money, you know, for the glory of God. Um, And so just know that that's going to be unique and you really can't compare what God's going to ask you and your family to, to somebody else. But don't be afraid of what he is calling you to. So there might be some families listening to this that they're called to, um, you know, more simple, just a more simple life and to not to not feel like you need to be caught in the rat race to just always pursue more and just be content with, you know, what you have. Some families are going to be called to um, steward a lot more or they're going to be called to launch businesses or Um, corporations, and they're going to have a lot more under their care. And so don't be afraid of where God might ask you to, to go or how much he might want to entrust to you. As long as you are, you, you strive to remain in the state of grace and to always stay detached. And, you know, the word that, um, scripture often calls us to is that spiritual poverty, um, that is what we're really called to. And then making sure that we approach the actual tangible money given to us from that place. We don't have to be afraid of money. Yeah. You've, um, you really hit on something I wanted to get into in this conversation, which I, is that, like you said, that detachment, because I think that when we, hear all this stuff about money. So often we hear like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's harder for, you know, a camel to go through or what is it easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a Mm -hmm. rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so, you know, we listen to that and we think, oh, rich people, you know, must be evil. They can't get to heaven. But at the same time, I think that what that is saying isn't necessarily that it's the money itself but more our relationship with it that gets between us and God. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Mm. Um, you you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, money, it's an, am- an amplifier, if you will. And so are we, if we're cultivating virtue and we're building virtue and we are in a right relationship with money and it's, it's going to it's going to support those things and we are going to not only handle it virtuously in our own life which includes you know temperance etc we're using it rightly into the right amount and etc and we're being generous um and then we're also kind of kingdom oriented with with the rest of it you know we know what our family needs and then the rest of it we're kind of putting to the works of the church and supporting others and for many you know that might be well over 10% giving um just kind of an FYI, you know, St. Catherine Drexel actually used to give 90% of her income away. She was kind of living that reverse tithe, if you will. Um, But that was the wealth that the Lord entrusted to her and how she put it to use in the kingdom. So if we're um, cultivating the virtue, we're going to see it applied virtuously. But if we are cultivating vice internally, then it's going to it's going to allow for more of it because money can allow us to act on those things. When we don't have a lot of it, it's easy to look like we're doing great. But then for some people, if they really are cultivating vices internally, um, well, then all of a sudden they they get a lot of money or they get put in a position where they get paid more. And all of a sudden, it's coming out sideways. 
because now money is allowing them to pursue the vices that they've been stirring and cultivating in their own hearts. Um, and so that I think is primarily why, um, like our Lord warns about wealth, you know, Jesus warns about wealth significantly in scripture. And we've, we've studied, you know, all these different warnings and really it comes down to someone who does not have the spiritual and emotional maturity to handle a large sum of money will be destroyed by it. It's just that powerful of a resource. Again, when we're in a state of grace, we're pursuing virtue and we're continuously examining ourselves and re-surrendering and staying in that detached stance, we don't have to fear it. But the second that we begin to grip and grasp and we see vice kind of taking off within us, we need to slam the brakes on. And like, it's time to just re-examine. And that's everything. That's every resource entrusted to us. Yes. That could be screen, screen time on our phones. Yeah. Yes. I, I really love how you call it an amplifier because I think that's exactly what it is. You know, our, our, the Bible says, he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. And I think that when we see our habits and not just our habits, because right, we might not have the money to spend on the things we would otherwise want to, but our habits in terms of our priorities and what we think is worth spending on is going to be amplified when we're given more. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on one more thing too. And that is when it comes to money, is it possible to have a disordered relationship with it, even in poverty? Absolutely. Yes. Um, which again, I think is, yeah, that the temptation is just to think that the disorder would only be if you had a lot of it. And our culture loves to villainize the wealthy. And certainly many wealthy deserve that, <laughs> if you will. They kind of live out the, the stereotypes. But that can absolutely exist in somebody who has nothing, literally no two pennies to rub to their name. You could be completely disordered with that. And whatever you do get, you know, you're hoarding it or you're stingy with it. It's kind of like, I think that there is a, um, there was a parable where like somebody was forgiven a vast amount of, of debt, I want to say it was. And then the guy went and turned to people who owed him less and then was like, pay up. And the master like that had forgiven this vast amount was completely scandalized by it. Um, and it, it goes to show that like he even in his poverty was still greedy and wanting to lord things over other people. So it can happen no matter how much we have in our bank accounts. Um, greed, avarice, whatever you want to call it, is is just a, it's a, it's one of the seven deadly sins. And for some people, it's going to be a great, tremendous struggle. You know, we're all going to probably have one or two of the capital sins that we personally will battle with till the day we die. And for some people, it's going to be greed and avarice. And it doesn't matter how much they have in their bank account. They just need to be more aware and combating that. What would you say are the biggest signs that your relationship with money isn't in a healthy place? And what would be a good like first step for adjusting that? Mm. You know, oh, so we have a podcast episode and I can share it with you after this um, where we explored the love of money because um, the love of money is the root of all evil and it's not money itself, but the love of and what it, 
what does that, how does that manifest in our lives? How does it come on display? We go through a series of questions you can ask yourself um, to kind of look because it, the temptation is to think like, oh, and le- I'm not murdering anybody or, and I'm not like going insane and just like throwing dollar bills out the window, wasteful, like maybe some of the obvious things that would come to mind, but it's more of those subtleties. Like, am I, am I nipping at my spouse and being overly harsh with them in every financial conversation we have? Um, am I worried about money to such a degree that I'm snapping at my kids? Like it can show up in different ways in our life that because it, because money touches everything, it's probably not going to always show up when you're just looking at your bank account. It's going to show up in all the little tentacles that uh, – that are affected by finances in your life. So um, just looking out for, you know, bitterness or resentment or fear f- controlling you in any way, shape, or form around finances and the little behaviors that might come from that. Those are the types of things to be to be looking at. Or if you're, you know, I see this with um, moms of young children a lot. They are tired and exhausted and they're using money to get a hit of dopamine to offset the suffering they're going through from staying home with young children. And I don't want to I don't want to say like staying home with young children is is a suffering. Like nobody mishear me on that, but but it also is. Like it's a gift and a tremendous blessing to be able to do that, but there's there's suffering in like staying home and not getting to talk to adults and putting up with the tantrums and recleaning the kitchen and and like we need to turn to our Lord with that and to unite it to him and offer it up to him and have it be fruitful. We don't need to go spend money on a latte to like make ourselves feel better. <laughs> so just little things like that where you wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, that's that's a wrong relationship with money, but but it is. And so just looking for those little things. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, Amanda, we have just a few minutes left. I wanted to give you a chance to share a little bit about the services and products that you offer. Sure. Um, So my husband and I, we have um, a podcast every week called The Catholic Money Show. So please, wherever you listen to a podcast, you can um, just type that in, give us a follow. Um, We're always diving into different avenues of kind of where faith and money intersect. Um, we also have our wallet win Academy, and this is where we teach people kind of the personal finance fundamentals from a Catholic worldview. So we have a course inside there, um, that, that you can go through and really get that foundation set around, um, around personal finances, kind of from A to Z, all the practicals, but then we do ongoing financial formation and we, we teach people about saving money and different ways that they can continue to do that practically earning money. And then we occasionally will bring in um, different guest experts to interview around different topics. So we've been known to have Catholic financial advisors come in and we talk about saving for kids college, just for example. So that's inside of our Wallet Win Academy. And then we also have a kids version of the class. So we've adapted it for high schoolers, middle schoolers, and grade schoolers um, with kind of relevant examples, et cetera, for those those age groups. Um, And then lastly, we have our Catholic Family Emergency Binder. And so this kind of came out of – this is a binder where you capture basically all the details of your life in one binder and – 
in five minutes or less, when something, you know, hits the fan <laughs> and either you are incapacitated, you are ill, you've been injured, or you pass away, your loved ones would be able to go to this and access exactly what they need without going on a paper paper hunt, if you will, or having an anxiety attack wondering where this password is or the information to get get a hold of your work or a babysitter, et cetera, would be. So we have that binder as well. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks for being here today and sharing your time and your wisdom with us so that we can have a well-ordered relationship with money. Thanks for having me. All right, friends, if you like this episode, one of the ways that we can get more awesome guests on the show is if you leave a review. So scroll to the bottom of this episode where the reviews are and hit those stars and then write me a little message about what your favorite episode was. I promise to read every single review and keep trying to get you the guests and information that helps you through this mission of motherhood.